Anything's possible, though, because, you know, Bitcoin is money, so, you know, money talk, man. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, powered by Cointelegraph. What began as a small experiment is now a rapidly expanding ecosystem. As citizens of the internet, we expect to be able to send money over the internet as quickly and cheaply as sending an email. As citizens of the internet, we demand transparency. Here, we talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, blockchain industries, fintech, and more. But we're not experts. We're just three guys in the Bitcoin community. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 92. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. I'm host number three, Corey. Yep. We're all back up in this piece. Yeah. Ready to go. Ready to do the damn thing. Should we pay the bills first? Yeah, we should pay the bills first. All right, we're brought to you by EscrimonBits.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this really cool sponsor, it only takes three steps. All you're going to do is register and deposit your Bitcoin. Then the seller will ship the item. Buyer will check the goods and release the funds. And they also offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. Small flat escrow fee of 1% on all escrow transactions. And they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party. Their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible, and we want there to no longer be any excuses on why not to use escrow. So to start that awesome process, that escrow process, go to their website, make sure you sign up for their newsletter, and stay up to date. You can escrow your shit with escrowmybits.com. And we're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin. Uh, I just got word that they are down all weekend, but they will be back up. Uh, on the Monday following this episode. They're the most trusted name in Bitcoin ATMs located in Houston, Fort Worth, Dallas, Cedar Hill, uh, a bunch of other U.S. cities. Uh, You can download the Athena Bitcoin wallet on the App Store or Google Play. And for specific locations and more information, visit athenabitcoin.com. We're also brought to you by Athena Bitcoin's portfolio company, bitquick.co, the secure, quick, and easy peer-to-peer Bitcoin marketplace for cash in as little as three hours. Bitquick has been serving Bitcoiners since 2013. Where there is a bank, there's Bitquick. And last but not least, uh, check out sweethoneycrochet.com. This is the last week to place your order. If you use Bitcoin, you get 15% off. Yeah, go buy my wife's stuff. Yeah, go buy stuff with your Bitcoin. You know, for some reason, I just, when you were reading all those ads, I pictured us being sponsored by J.G. Wentworth, so then I could sing that song. We're not going to sing that song, because we're not going to get sponsored by him. But Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But everyone knows the song that I'm talking about. That's how good a jingle is. We need a jingle. J.G. Wentworth sucks, unless they start paying us. That's right. And then I'll sing that song (laughs) all fucking day. (laughs) Uh, well, what are we, what's on the docket, man? I want, Bitcoin is doing fucking awesome. I just want to say that. A lot of people, they don't talk about Bitcoin so much. 
anymore. In the in the pop culture world, I guess you could say. Or Bitcoin's not even it doesn't seem like it gets that much love nowadays. But Bitcoin's doing fucking well. Price has been creeping up there for a while now. Still creeping. Huh? Been pretty stable. It's had like a fifty dollar drop and then it's been slowly rising back up to that. Yeah. Kind of. And charts here. You're starting to get one, I I wholeheartedly believe these financial institutions they're like we're gonna make our own blockchain we're gonna make our own money uh that's just not gonna work and because I, the reason why i think it's not gonna work is because i think there's enough people like us sprinkled into society that'll say wait a second before you start using such and such coin from bank of america uh let me tell you a little bit about how this shit works and why this other alternative is a little bit better and you need to do what you need to do to make it so that you can use the other alternative. You know what I'm saying? I think there's enough us's sprinkled in the world to where Bitcoin is going to grow just as much as these institutions that are trying to build their own blockchain chains. And when you take it as money, uh, then there's not a lot of reasons to not use Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the best way to tap in granted it can't scale yet that's an issue it needs to scale that I think there are things that people are working on to get there but it's just not there yet but what about the lightning a, network the test there yet. it was successful there yet. it's a successful test but that's a test man it's a huge network with a lot of intricate parts and because someone does a test on a test net doesn't mean it's going to work in real life it's not it's not susceptible to all of the oh. ridiculous amounts of people trying to why don't, we try it? Yet. Why don't we trying it yet? Because you got to be careful. I was re- I was listening. So like, I just drove from Texas to Maryland. Long uh, drive. And I think yeah, 20 hours, 20, 21, 22 hours. Whew. And I think the majority I've done that drive before. Uh, the majority of that time, vast majority of that time in the car was catching up on all the podcasts that I've been missing for the past couple months. One of them uh, which one was it? <laughs> I feel like it's all my brain, but it's hours. just like rambled away. No, I listen to like only one of ours. I don't listen to our podcast too much because we make it. So I kind of know what's in it. I try to listen to other podcasts so I can absorb all the other interviews that are happening around, around the space. And it's like when you, somebody doing a test is good. But when it goes live, you don't really know what's going to happen. It's really hard to figure out how people are going to try and break into it. Like there was a micro DAO before the DAO hit. And that doesn't mean that they like it was secure and you weren't going to break into it. Obviously, because it wasn't secure, people broke into it, and that we ha- we're at where we're at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tests are good, but. It's really hard to change the way Bitcoin works, especially yeah. because Bitcoin Core is their main priority and how they operate is extreme caution and risk management. Like they don't want to change anything. Like that, what, that's what they hold dear to all of it is like we're we're they're very ch- subject or I guess skeptical to change any part of Bitcoin because they, I guess the analogy that was used is they feel changing 
things on Bitcoin is like trying to change an engine on a flying 747 with 300 passengers midair. I feel like if you, like it's, it's a very, now I think that's a pretty bad analogy because that's not, that's not as risky as what you think it is. Flying robot platform. <laughs> but it, it, it puts the, it puts the idea in your head of like, they're afraid if you break the best thing we have right now, then we've, we've, we've screwed it all up. So what you're saying is they're, they are weak biatches. Eh. That's how I'm translating that because there's also an old saying that says everybody looks good hitting a punching bag. And they could do all these things on testnet if they want to, but until they get in the boxing ring and do something, take a few punches and fix it, then they're just going to do everything in a test world where everything is perfect or like those old physics books when it's like, uh, disregard air resistance and friction. And you're like, so disregard reality? What the fuck? Why am I even yeah, doing this I'm problem? Saying, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah, you can take a few hits, but not when the underlying infrastructure of how money is supposed to work is taking a few hits, right? You can't have a bug in money. Well, then we need to... Uh... But what you can do is you can you can test things in the live network that aren't Bitcoin. You can do like a side chain. You can do a lot of different other things and try and grow that community and see how that works. And if that works, then it can fold into Bitcoin once we know that that protocol works. What we need to do is just have a more robust industry, more nodes, so that when there is a mistake, it doesn't collapse the whole damn system. I mean, that alludes to more the system being... Change that alludes to the networks. But that alludes to the yeah. system being fragile. If they get one thing wrong, they break everything. I guarantee back in the 70s, 1970s that is, <laughs> that when the credit card network was starting up, it didn't start up without a hitch. There was at least one Elizabeth out there who's, who put her credit card in the carbon fiber credit card copier. And then the next day or the next month, that transaction wasn't on her statement. And they had to go back into the network and fix what they fucked up. And you look at look at Ethereum. I mean, they, they, they've they fucked up. And they've been hot fixing ever since. It's currently being attacked. I mean, kind of attacked. Pretty weak attack, but... Uh, Somebody's piddling. Ever since, ever since the fork, they've been kind of... They've been jumping around trying to make things work. But Bitcoin isn't that nimble. Especially with a governance model of Bitcoin. We've seen that change doesn't happen very fast. Mm. I don't know. Change it's... not happening fast in 2016 almost becomes a handicap. I will say that SegWit needs to come out, man. It's been it's been a little too long. It's since... been far too long. We need, somebody needs to put a fire in these people's ass. Cello, can you can you get on can you get some fire in these people's ass? I can. We need you to get gangsta cello. Yeah. You probably listen to the most gangster music of all of us. Um, I don't know if that's true. You listen to a lot of hip hop, though, right? Well, yeah, hip hop and gangster music. music. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you well, to put it in perspective, I was listening to some Daft Punk to like it was going at style for like the whole last week. So, I'm I'm out of that ball game, the gangster ball game. Um. Yeah, shout out to Weekend for making that new Star Boy song. I like it. It's catchy. Um, 
Well, anyways, I didn't I didn't mean to shit on Bitcoin's core developers. I know you guys work hard and don't listen to this podcast. That's why I can talk shit about you. Um, but <laughs> um, but just try stuff. Like, let's start getting some shit executed for once. I'm tired of everything just being talked about. It's getting annoying. I wish I could do something about it, cause, but I can't program, so it's annoying. Yeah, that's just impatience, though, man. That's this, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna take two years to get to be fully flushed out. It's gonna be a. It took forty years for credit cards to be accepted and work the way that they work. I've been in this for four years now. I have gray hairs now. It's getting annoying. Yeah, Bitcoin's not in its infancy anymore. Bitcoin, is, Bitcoin is in its infancy. I think that it, I just spent. So I'm getting hired on to this company. I was trying to say that. Introduce. Yeah. Can we say Bitcoin. that? I thought you signed stuff. No, I, I'm getting hired on to the. I'm hired. I just start. I started working for a company, Novetta. Okay. And Feel the beans. Congratulations, Corey. And you listeners can congratulate him too. If you run into him on the internet it. streets. They're a data analytics company trying to be forward thinking. And they want to start a Bitcoin and blockchain research cell within the company to try and do what they can within the community. And they don't tell know them. what that is. And that's why they hired me. Tell them that you get to name your, uh, you get to come up with your own job title. Yeah, I get to come up with my own job title, I think. <laughs> I think so far the winner. I think this was Cello. He said this. It's going to be cryptocurrency CEO. <laughs> For the yeah, win. King of Chains. King of Chains is pretty good. King of oh, Chains King is of pretty Chains. good. Swag Swagmaster 3000 was clearly like, bad. Uh, yeah. This uh, this company is heavily government-facing, so I'm, I'm going to have the ability to try and hopefully influence how they view this technology and how they implement it and what happens. So. So you're but, like a you're 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 kind of working for the man, yeah. But not. Well, I don't have my security clearance yet, so I'm not doing anything yet. Okay. But the, the point is, is that I'm spending a lot of time just talking. I, mean, I haven't gone to the company yet, but I've been talking to people who work there, and and their friends and families. And as I continue to go out and try and discuss what I will be doing, in within the company it's 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 painfully clear that i have to spend a lot of time just educating the of the fundamentals of what bitcoin is how it works why it works what's important about it and this is this comes with anybody trying to tell someone new even technical people about bitcoin it's it's incredibly new and no one knows about it and they don't understand it and it's not an easy thing to explain bitcoin is not simple if you try and help someone understand the far-reaching implications of how this stuff works. Well, a lot of people who are into Bitcoin back. are forward-thinking and really smart people. I think the technology is the tough is the tough part. Bitcoin is simple. It's money. You give someone Bitcoin, they give you flaming Hot Cheetos. That's just the way it should yeah, work. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, yeah, Bitcoin the, as an the, investment the is, works is, is subtle. And yeah. you, you can't just... I can change it so fast and expect it to work and everything to be okay. And yep. But that change happens right underneath people's noses. I was just talking to someone the other day yeah. and we were talking about Bitcoin and they're like, but you know, how does it work? And I was like, it's interesting. You asked me that question. How does money work now? Like how, how does that debit card work that you're using? Uh, 
okay, well, how does money, how does our monetary system work? Do you know that? No, they don't fucking know. People don't care about how money works, and they're never going to care. They've never cared. Yeah, does that mean that you can just change things on the back end to see if it works? And Yeah, that's exactly what it fucking means. As long as they go to the gas station and you give someone your Bitcoin and they give you your Flaming Hot Cheetos, then congratulations, you created some sort of medium of exchange. They're not going to give a fuck. That's a big if. You just, you pointed out yourself. If they give somebody their Bitcoin and they can get something. If you end up breaking it, then they're like, that stuff is stupid and it doesn't work. Yeah, we as the technical people really have to give a shit about all these things and make sure we do it right. We can't just be the other people on the other side that says, I don't care, make it work. I don't care how it works. We have to give a shit. We know that people, that. the majority of people, the average customer isn't going to give a shit, but somebody has to. I could see that. Very valid point, sir. Do you know how expensive the traditional banking model is right now too like it's gross armored cars gas personnel security maintenance insurance cost of buildings cost Ooh. of vaults Ooh, fdic cost insurance cost fraud atms what i wonder Ooh. about is so we talk about we talk about bitcoin and blockchain infrastructure or whatever it is we want to, whatever you want to want to call it whatever buzzword mm-hmm. that works right now uh takes the middleman out of a lot of processes right it does. That's a lot of fucking jobs. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of jobs that were taken out. Humanity needs to be go? comfortable with losing their jobs anyways. Oh, I agree. I agree. But this, it's also a conversation that probably should probably be brought up or at least talked about. We're going to be like, making what, some what, tough what, what decisions. All because a lot of these jobs are going to be replaced by other jobs. Don't get me wrong. We're taking a lot of jobs away. But a lot of those jobs are like mindless, menial you know, boring, banal minutia jobs across the country that a lot of people can do. And we're replacing them with jobs that are really technical <laughs> and difficult. And that, that becomes a problem. It does. It, but it becomes a problem. People lost their jobs aren't educated or, or qualified enough to take on the new jobs. Yeah, we've had some interesting challenges ahead. I worry about them because then I turn on the TV and I hear shit like Trump is saying, I could grab her by the pussy. I'll just grab her by the <laughs> pussy. And I'm like, really? This is our fucking presidential candidate right now? This is what's happening right now? And so, I don't know, man. It's going to be some interesting years ahead. I kind of think it might go to RoboCop. And in that case, I'm ready for that as well. I prepare myself for the future by watching movies. And uh, so far, so good. So, like, I I really, I'm ready for the robots. I'll be ready. Um, I consistently train my brain to think outside the box in case we are in a simulation and I get approached by Neo. I could be like, hey, man, I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this. Pull me out. I'm ready. So, you know, situations like that, I'll be ready for. Anyways, I feel like I've derailed this a little bit. Who do you think, Cello? What's up? What do you think? I was just picturing these futuristic world for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> a day in the life of, of me 
wondering what the future is going to be like. And in the case that it's bad, having prepared myself with the Terminator franchise. Yep. Yep. It's going to be a. Uh, it's how, how do you? I think you're more like of what people, how people live. <laughs> you're closer yeah. to how the average person lives. I mean, I am a fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty close to the average person working. Average American person. Work, 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 work. Just like the song. That's probably why the song is popular. No, that song is terrible. It is terrible. But it is popular, I guess. It was probably popular because working people were like, yep, me. Work, and work, 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 work. <laughs> um, look, that's all I'm saying is that um, mass adoption. That's I always like rooting things into mass adoption. I do it on the episode episodely basis, and and Bitcoin. In order for it to be mass adopted, it simply just has to be used. And if it, it can't, it's not going to be used. If even the community of people is like, wait a second, before we use it, we've got to test it out for fourteen years to make sure we can use it. It's like, nah, fucking use it. Get people on the network. Let's start using it. I feel like there needs to be a safe way to to test to, to test these things. Yeah, and like it's a sandbox. Test net, like, but when you test well, something and it works yeah. successfully, then repeat. Isn't this science? Repeat the experiment and keep repeating it until there's a lot of that shit going on. And then surprise, we built the Lightning Network. It needs to scale. It needs to be like you can test it once. It needs to test for a, you know a, a period of time with a with a certain amount of users and grow that users out. Once it gets to a certain level, then yeah, implement it. I don't think we're at that point yet, it, but it needs to happen faster. Yeah, that's true. Nobody has a silver bullet to mass adoption. I just like to perpetuate like there is one. Get that on people's psyche. Like, hey. All these things are cool. Mass adoption is the only thing. We can make the coolest fucking Porsche we want, but if nobody buys it, then it was a waste of money and time. So True. Let's transition into one, one method people are doing to get people to use Bitcoin, and that's uh, kind of relates, relates to our guests. Yeah. Let's, let's, oh, I, got, I got one more way before we get to that. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? Yep, UFC 204, Bitcoin betting picks. I'm about to go. I'm 0-4 against Corey right now. I'm about to make that 1-4 when I yep. beat him and win some Bitcoin. Yeah, nice. We'll see. Is this going to be a good fight? Because uh, for... last time he said it was... No, it's going to be a terrible fight. Oh, okay. Old yeah, men. Um <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to get more listeners in on this because the quickest and easiest way to bet on these fights is with Bitcoin because it's faster and cheaper to use than other deposit and withdrawal methods. Um, so Bisbing versus Dan Henderson, I got Dan Henderson because it's his last fight of his life. So he should put everything into it and win. That's my Matter logic. Like, like plan a fight that he's not going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Vitor, who just was a wall of man, is now deflated and old and wrinkly. But I still think he's going to beat Musasi. So the guy you were posting pictures of his, you were posting pictures of his abs in the Slack. Black, like if if you follow MMA, Vitor in the '90s was a steroid. Oh, TRT, TRT Belfort and Vitor was was the man. 
He was a monster. He was, the, he was a freak of nature. And now they took it away from him. They took his juice away. And he looks like someone just popped all of his muscles with a needle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that goes. By the time you listen to this episode, you, you can rag on me on Twitter if I'm 0-5 to Corey. Yep. <laughs> Which he's going to be. He might be like four and a half to one half because we, we got two bets going this time. I feel like I should take sure. both I'm hoping to Vegas and bet with what Corey bets. <laughs> You're just going to stick on the side of the winning, the, yeah. the, the average winner. <laughs> Vegas odds. Um, but I'd like to get more people, more listeners in on these polls that me and Corey do. Maybe we can we make a legal betting ring of some sort because this clearly isn't yeah. legal. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing I never thought would happen is going to jail for creating an illegal gambling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we didn't ring. do that. Maybe one of our listeners can do that, and we yeah. won't. We won't yeah, use we're all it. in Las Vegas. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we route our IP address through Vegas, so we can do, <laughs> we can do that. Well, um, uh, but we the other say, way that we... Corey was talking about earlier is our uh, our guest, who's the psychedelic rock band Myco. They released their EP early for Bitcoin users on Open Bazaar. So we got lead singer Kyle. And we got the drummer Andrew, and he talks about Hong Kong and doing shrooms and <laughs> music. <laughs> the best introduction ever. Nice. Um, well, that's all I he, got. Here it is. Who, uh, who is Maiko, and what do y'all do? Where you come from? All right, uh, Myco is a uh, project that I created uh, last year. Uh, my name is Kyle Henry, um, and we're from Kansas City, and uh, it's a psychedelic music project. Right on. What made you choose going? What made you choose to go with a psychedelic music project? You you love, you um, love taking mushrooms? Yeah, I mean, in the past I did uh, <laughs> taking mushrooms before. Uh, I like psychedelics in general, and I like the music. Uh, I like a lot of like psychedelic rock from uh, like 60s, 70s, 80s era. So just wanted to make a music project that uh, was kind of influenced by that. And also uh, I wanted to make a project that uh, was involved with uh, decentralization. So I thought mushrooms is a good way to go about that because it's a decentralized organism and uh, it's basically just a networking system that uh fungus and plants use so was it like uh taking psychedelics in hong kong versus the states oh I, I never took psychedelics in hong kong but oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to find any drugs in hong kong uh unless you go through like triad gang members um it's like really illegal in china in general so it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> what about you andrew so, how'd you, you uh, how'd you yeah. join the join the the group here um well kyle and i we've been friends for probably about 10 years or so um we were always interested in music jamming and uh we were roommates and uh he talked to me about bitcoin one day and we've both been kind of interested in that ever since and uh yeah i've just been playing his drums actually for a long time and yeah, he just started writing some music and asked me to play drums for him. So, 
So know. when you get members into the band, do you say, hey, I, I, I have this really cool band that I want you to join? Or do you say, hey, there's this really cool, you know, decentralized crypto concept that I would love to tell you about that um, we can incorporate with the band? For, for the members themselves, I generally just go for musicians that are willing to be, you know, to play music. <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, I, it's all out there for them to research. And I, I've talked to the members themselves about it somewhat, but uh, it's not like a requirement to be in the band to, <laughs> to be into that, I guess. But it is uh, definitely within the uh, mission of the band to kind of uh, spread the message of decentralization and freedom through cryptocurrency. And, blockchain technology in general. So when you started this, you, you said you started it as, a, you know, a, something you wanted to do in a decentralized form. This isn't a kind of value add-on of trying to just open up and be available to Bitcoin users. You would prefer the majority of your sales to come from Bitcoin. Is that true? Yeah, I definitely prefer to be, uh, to have Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I'd much rather have Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general then have uh, fiat currencies that are inevitably going to crash and fail. Not to mention uh, governments, you know, central banking and Federal Reserve in general uh, perpetuates wars, and that's basically how the government funds all their wars. So Bitcoin could theoretically end wars or something like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency in general. Do you have a... Cool. Well, Go ahead, Cello. Yeah, I just wanted to expand on Corey's question. Is there... You know, the mission's clear and you guys are all on board, but is there any hesitation to put like a Bitcoin QR code on the cover of your single? Because then maybe, you know, you get this great response from the Bitcoin community, maybe not because of your actual music, but because you accepted Bitcoin. Are you afraid of getting pigeonholed like that? Uh, not really. I mean, because I'm kind of, I've gone, uh, the way of marketing, I've gone kind of both uh, through the psychedelic community and through like, um, the anarchist community or Bitcoin community uh, in general. So I've gone the different routes and uh, kind of appealed to different groups of people. Do you have multiple like ways of releasing your music into like the Bitcoin system, or like, what is your main source? What kind of how do I put this? When you create an album, what's your go-to source for release? And then you have kind of alternate sources of releasing it to get just to release different communities. So like, where are you, where are you pulling yeah. in most of your customers? Um, a big, I'm get, I've gotten quite a bit through Bitcoin. Uh, and that's probably most, actually most of the sales have been through Bitcoin really. Uh, the single when I released it was free and I just put the QR code on it for tipping. And that was a pretty good response. And I also ended up putting out Open Bazaar after Open Bazaar just, you know, opened. Uh, I put that on there as well. And then uh, this five song EP we just released, um, I put that exclusively on Open Bazaar uh, before I released on any other platform just because I wanted to support that as, it, as it's you know the first peer to peer free market, really. So have you felt that, like when you say you, uh, most of your sources are through Bitcoin, is that through your website sales or just uh, like some, like, a, um, your, like your own website or some other platform? So when I released the single, um, that was just through my Bitcoin QR code and also through Open Bazaar sales. And then I've also had uh, an account like uh, BitTunes and some other uh, Bitcoin-based platform music things. Uh, and I plan on uh, 
going on some uh, Ethereum uh, based projects as well that are dealing with music once those are released. Thought about doing something like a shapeshift so you can just accept all coins and then you kind of tap into the whole cryptocurrency community. You get the Dodge coin heads, you get everyone that has this yeah, no, hoarding I, from whatever yeah, coin they have. All, I don't want, yeah, exactly. I don't want like Doge or Dodge coin. I don't really care about that. But I think Ethereum actually has some uh, potential and, and definitely has, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's all a big experiment at this point, but I do think Bitcoin is. Uh, for sure, the the best cryptocurrency out there right now. But are you guys a little, um, I guess, perplexed by what Imogen Heap's doing since it's inspired by the uh, largest living organism on Earth as well, similar to you guys? I didn't even know about that. Yeah, the the fungus that's in the, in Washington. Yeah, the whole mycelia stuff, and she's trying to create the uh, the fair trade music industry. Were you were you guys looking into that, or I had I didn't, I didn't really uh, pay attention. Have you even heard of that? Yeah, it's kind of cool though. We did uh, interview yeah, like her. When was yeah, that? Yeah, great minds thinking like then. That was a while back. That's cool. She's trying to build a platform that allows the kind of the the direct money for content and transparent yeah. way of dispersing yeah, that content through Ujo. all the bands. Is that the same one? Yeah, Ujo. I don't know. Yeah, before it was that, it was Mycelia. It was, okay. it was, it was pretty it crazy how similar it was to you guys, but then she rebranded it. Well, I think that I that. Interesting. that idea of the Mycelia is has clicked with a lot of people in the community just because it's it's this underground network of single, you know, single organi- organism of a giant network of a one living thing, and that kind of clicks with the, the, the mentality and ideology of what cryptocurrencies are trying to do. Yeah. Definitely. It's kind of a modeling after nature in a way. Yeah. Uh, I'm only familiar with one uh, psychedelic band. I was just wondering, do you guys know who uh, Kikagaku Moyo is? I'm not aware. Uh, Tell me about it. (laughs) Well, like, I I got into vinyl, like, a year and a half ago, and uh, it was, like, one of the first vinyl I got. And I'm not a big psychedelic guy, but I guess what I'm seeing are like these really epic nine minute songs, you know, kind of like what Metallica used to do like in the eighties, like these just, man, like these giant ballads. And I'm starting to see kind of a comeback of uh, this type of music. And, um, you know, I can genuinely say I like you guys a lot. We we've had some musicians on the show and it's like, you know, we're, we're going to promote them because they're in the Bitcoin, but I can honestly say I, I like y'all's music. and I like what y'all stand for and what you're doing. Thanks. I don't even have a question. I just wanted to tell you guys that. <laughs> what, was, what was that band that you said that you liked? The, uh, it is an all uh, all Asian band. I think they're all from Japan. Uh, Kika Gaku Moyo. It's uh, K-I-K-A-G-A-K-U uh, M-O-Y-O. And their vinyl is like ridiculous. It's like this um, like green splatter with like these ink marks. Like they do a really good job. Nice. And uh, they always come over to the States and play like festivals and whatnot. So um, yeah, psychedelic music's on the rise for sure. For those listeners out there who don't have time to write that down, we'll put it in the show notes or something so you can check it out mm-hmm. along with uh, the Myco track that we end up playing with the show as well. For sure. So uh, in your own words specifically, uh, how can, in your opinion, how can blockchain technology free us from uh, – from our slavery, maybe even outside of music? Um, well, I mean, everyone's reliant on, you know, the government or just systems in general that, um, 
involve a mediator or a, a centralized authority. Uh, so you're always, you know, under an authority of someone else. So with blockchain technology, it allows people to do direct communication with each other without some other force dictating anything. And, you know, it allows us to do free trade and, and be free individuals. I mean, there's some more complexity that goes along with that, but that's, uh, to put it in simply, I guess. I mean, from just, you, it's, it's not even an ideology really anymore. It's, you're doing it now with oh, using like platforms like Open Bazaar. You run the, yeah. run the program on your local computer. People can then search whatever you put up on that shop and you can, they give you Bitcoin and you ship it directly to them. There's, there's nothing else to it. For sure. And any, you know, anything that can be decentralized, I think eventually will be in there's So yeah, peer to peer. Yeah. Eventually it will happen with, that, with nearly everything. Uh, every system we use, I think, but just has to, just hopefully people adopt it. I think uh, if it, if people develop them well enough, uh, it'll make a lot of things obsolete. And government itself, I could, I believe, could be made obsolete uh, with, with this kind of technology. But that's well in the future, I'm sure. So you have, say, say let's 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 look forward, fast forward, and, and you see yourself as being, you know, wildly successful with Myco. You're making a ton of money through just, just you know, hypothetically, you're an open bazaar, and that's your main platform for making money. Do you feel like you're going to have an issue with taking control of your own finances and then dispersing that to whoever, like, however it needs to be dispersed, and not having, uh, it's it's essentially all up to you to make sure that no one steals your money. You don't accidentally lose your private keys and you lose all your money. All that, all that responsibility is now placed directly onto the owners of those private keys. Do you see that yeah. as being a problem in the future, or right now, for that matter? Um, I can see it being a problem for some people, but for myself, I like having that responsibility. But, <laughs> but yeah, I could, I could see it being a problem for some people for sure. Do you feel um, that as time goes on, that response it, it becomes kind of like that difficulty almost or like the the learning curve of using Bitcoin and maintaining your private keys and making sure everything's secure stays the same and people just get more educated and understand that. Or we're going to end up just dumbing it down so that your grandma can swipe and send Bitcoin. What do you think, Andrew? I mean, yeah, they'll just keep on working to make it easier and easier uh, for people, you know, implementing it so people are might even be using it, you know, at a point and not even know it. Um, that's, yeah, well, actually, uh, that's a good, a good example. There's a company in Hong Kong, actually, that, uh, there's a lot of Filipino maids that live in Hong Kong. So this company there started using Bitcoin so that these people could transfer money and funds back to their family back in the Philippines cheaper using Bitcoin. And a lot of the people using this company didn't know they were actually using Bitcoin. So there is that aspect of it that, you know, some companies can do that for people. Um, but if the people are smart enough, they can do the same thing much cheaper on their own. Mm -hmm. So there is, but I mean, but, but within apps themselves on blockchain, using blockchain technology to do a similar thing, but not charge a fee, I suppose. Yeah. But that, I mean, companies are already doing that now. So why not make apps and uh, themselves that do the same thing? Make it easier for this. Make it easier for the consumer or user uh, to take control of their own money and and use the currency like they do with fiat currency. For sure. So, are you already somewhat of a techie before you you got into uh, deciding to make music and sell it for Bitcoin? You already understood. Yeah, that. I was, I've I've always been a little into technology. I'm not 
I've done, all, I really, you know, that I don't code really. I can do HTML and that's about it. Um, but I'm into technology and the, I think financial tech is pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it's currently right now, it's, you have to be somewhat tech, technologically savvy to get into mm-hmm. this and open your own open bazaar store and all that type of stuff. But as time goes on, it may get, it's going to get much, much easier. Yeah, it's just interesting to see like where people come from and how they get into the space and then how they find ways to uh, contribute and make money or, or do something in the community that, that kind of shares the idea. And it's as simple as like, you like music, you're going to produce music and then sell that music for Bitcoin. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if you guys sell one album or you go diamond. It's like you guys are pioneers with what you're doing. And I think people need to know that. Cool. Thanks. That's awesome. awesome. Oh, Shella, you, uh, you got another question? Yeah, I think I do because I, I want to get familiar with Open Bazaar. Like, if I go to Amazon and I want to look at a like a CD, I'll see like reviews, and that way, you know, when they're preparing to put items on sale, customers or people that come to the store will be able to know about the product. Does Open Bazaar have something like that? Is it a little bit harder to latch on to previous customers and expose them to new ones? Yeah, I mean, they have um, they have a whole system. I mean, it's it's a little different, uh, and it definitely could be better, but it's still early on, I think. But uh, yeah, they have um, like ratings and reviews. Uh, actually, I have, I have like I think 12, 12 ratings and reviews on my products. But um, so if you go into the into the store and then type in like at Mycoband in the little search at the top, uh, it should pull up my uh, our store. And uh, you can see the products we sell and the ratings and reviews of them. So it should be similar. It's very much like very a decentralized cool. yeah, I'm... eBay. It's, you... Yeah. I was about to say that, yeah. I'm familiar with Bandcamp and not so much Open Bazaar. Yeah, like we use Bandcamp as well. I'm a, I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm a vinyl nut, so I'm probably going to get in on those 100 copies. And I know how much of a pain of it ass it is to even cut vinyl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I applaud you for your efforts. Um, Corey, if you have, if you don't have any more questions, man, maybe they can introduce the, uh, the lead single. Yeah, we, we got, we have one more question. Of course, we got to ask everybody and then oh, of uh, course. in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? Mm. That, both of you get a chance. since there's two of you here. <laughs> Who gets to go that first? To be 10 words or less. I mean, you could do it. Fin- finan- uh, I'll just say financial freedom. All right. Keep it short and simple. Like it. It's just uh, decentralized, uh, secure cash. One more, one, one less simpler. <laughs> uh, I was hoping he would give a two-word answer and then another guy would just like 25 words. <laughs> That's super wrong. I can't do it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank thanks you guys for so much for being show. here. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having thank you. Fun. Why don't you uh, introduce the, the track you gave us to, for our listeners? We'll okay, yeah, this is uh, Mycelium, uh, which is on our debut EP uh, called Myco, which is self-titled. But yeah, this is Mycelium. All right, check it out, guys. Inside yourself, like something hidden. It's been 
that was the interview with Maiko. Yeah! I'm kidding. I just want to do my Pearl Jam. That is not jam. psychedelic. I want to do my Pearl Jam impression. Oh. We were talking about that. They did psychedelics, though. Pearl Jam yeah. did it. So I guess that's somewhat appropriate. Oh. Uh, well, I don't want to leave Ben again. I heard on a wizard on a whale. <laughs> a whale in a year. Oh. Go ahead, Corey. You got one. If Pearl Jam uh, checks into rehab, then there's something spooky going on. <laughs> Pearl Jam and Kid Cudi in rehab singing Yeah in the corner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're addicted to I'm singing. I'm in here yeah. day or night. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, though, man, regardless of whether or not All right. I like Michael's music, I, I personally like can, can dig a little psychedelic rock yeah but, uh you gotta have respect what they're doing that's i think that's cool that they can they decide to, to kind of spend time to make the bitcoin community better like that people can contribute in any way that they want and it's we continue to find new ways or different ways and talk to different people to showcase that so yeah it's just cool yeah i mean what we do is fucking cool Bitcoin is fucking cool. It it just is. Like when you think about how it works and how all of these pieces, puzzle pieces fit together for this beautiful technology to come in and just take the world by storm. It's gonna drop the mic on the world. Bitcoin is. But a real, and real slow mic drop. It's gonna be a real, real slow mic drop. Real slow mic drop. Uh, with no respect for gravity or wind resistance at this point. It's gonna be no I'm kidding. That was a jab. Hey, I got a question for you guys. What's up? If you get hit by a bus tomorrow, will your loved ones get your coin? And if so, how? I just read that. Uh, uh, Aaron would. Aaron would understand how to get it. Um, I'm pretty sure my parents and my peeps and my friends, not my friends, my brother and sister would know what I'm into and know how to contact the right people. But it would be a pain so- in the ass for them. I'll tell you what you could do. I mean, I, I, I got the mic drop for that. For that. Mm-hmm. It was an article or something on Reddit. Uh, just contact um, Elite Hacksaws, otherwise known as Dr. Emin Goon Sarir. Mm-hmm. He will, he, he has a, like a side service of extracting Bitcoin from, from people who think they've lost it. Um, isn't that a bad thing? No. He can he people just recover? He helps people recover their Bitcoin or any type of crypto asset. Can he help me recover my Litecoin? Probably. But then, if he could just wait, doesn't that fuck with other people's? You have, you you have, you have get... ways. If you, if people can hand over a lot of like the the pieces that they currently have, so they don't have the technical aspects of recovering it. There's ways to get at that password, especially if the password sucks. But, I mean. It's much, much more secure than any other method. But if you hand over everything you have, you may be handing over your private keys and just not know it. Like if you give somebody your hard drive, it's a somewhat corrupted hard drive. You may be able to extract private key files Mm -hmm. from that corrupted hard drive and then recover the Bitcoin associated with them. That's what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I thought you meant like hacking into people's 
No, Bitcoin's still secure. It's just like people, you know, if you hire someone like that, you hand over the things you have. Yeah. You can put the puzzle pieces together and get you back your Bitcoin. Because I got about a PlayStation 4's worth of Litecoin sitting in this puppy right to my left. And uh, I fucking can't get access to it. <laughs> I'm kind well, of pissed off about that. Well, we can talk about that. What did you do? Let's talk about what you did. Remember what I did? What I was trying to make room for Open Bazaar, and I was like, what's... Illuminating for our guests, right? What did you do, and where are you at now? And we can can try and discuss whether or not you have the ability to get it back. All right, guests. So this is what happened. And uh, so I was trying to make room on my computer for Open Bazaar. I ran out of space. So I was like, well, let me make up... Let me get some more space. Let me get rid of stuff I haven't used in a while, like all that 90s porn, uh, all that, like, I'm kidding. But just get rid of stuff I hadn't used in a while, like uh, StarCraft Two. And then I saw this giant folder, and it, call, it was called App Data. And you're all probably like, no way. You're thinking, no way, he didn't do that. And I did. I deleted my App Data folder. And it freed up a lot of memory for me to then go ahead and install Open Bazaar. But the thing is, is now everything was broken. Everything. Because all of my settings for everything resided in the app data folder. Yeah, so and the folder called app data that D decided he would get rid of is the folder that contains all of the data associated with all of the applications on your computer. Yeah. Uh, in terms of cryptocurrency, um, if you have Bitcoin, Litecoin, the official wallet clients, yeah, uh, it stores your private keys. It stores the blockchain, which is why it freed up a lot of memory. It stores like so anything that's <laughs> essentially the user data of a certain application is stored in this folder. And D decided he's going to get rid of it. Yeah. Now, so what, now, why do you think you're capable of recovering those keys what do you still have that makes you think um i Did have, you have a wallet your wall- so files? so here's the thing i have i backed up my wallet very frequently but here's the but the only time it, it was such a quick transition between me deleting that folder and the last time i backed up my litecoin wallet that i missed the fact that i had just generated a new address and there were 30 Litecoin attached to that new address that I generated, which, from what I've read, I generated a new private key when yep. I generated that address. Sure did. Which means that since I didn't back up the wallet after that private key generation, the the it's just gone. Well, it depends on whether or not... Uh... It's, it's just gone. So what I tried to do was this, right? So once I got everything back... And, um, yeah, I, guys, by the way, I did the troubleshooting. I tried to, like, go back. My most recent computer backup was, like, right before I generated the private keys. It was just, like, a shitty timing situation. And so, now... Shitty decision what it was. Yeah, shitty decision is what it was. App data? That can't be important. Delete. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> so... Um, so anyways, I, I, I restore my wallet and the money's not there. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that's a lot of Litecoin. 
luckily I just I took the taken the majority of because I foresaw me doing some dumb shit and I put a lot of the majority of my stuff like either in Jacks or uh Coinbase cold storage. So, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal, especially my Bitcoin. My Bitcoin's cold storage. Um, but my Litecoin's on there. And so I tried this thing like they said you need to rest- not restore but re scan the private key to the old wallet dot dat and everything should be great. So I tried that and the money is still gone. So yeah. The the problem is now uh I generated a new address that has about thirty eight Litecoin attached to it and it's just stuck in there. In it's in the computer. <laughs> it's in there. So so people who have similar type problems can probably talk to Dr. Goons Threer for possible solutions. If you don't have any, he'll just tell you you're fucked. Yeah, and that, that answers the question that Cello brought up a long time ago. Uh, what was the question? A lot of people could just do that. Like, if if you died, how would you get your loved ones? Pick? I mean, if you, how would your loved ones get your your crypto assets? And a lot of people would be screwed. They'd just be gone, right? Yeah. I mean, over time, I think there's going to be a lot of just locked up assets on different blockchains that will never be accessed because those people are dead. And the way to access them was just in those people's heads. Oof. That seems uh, like a big I problem. Think, I think Aaron has, my wife, has the possibility to get at the things that I've backed up and saved. But it would take her a long time to figure it out. The reason I say that seems that seems like a big problem is because people can't just keep losing coins and losing coins and losing coins until there's only like 10, yeah, 12 sure million can. of the 21 million. Sure they can. Pirates did. Why can't they? It's just it's <laughs> Pirates lost a whole bunch of coins. <laughs> just change the evaluation of the coins. It's not like you can't divide the coins further down. Sure you can. As long as you have coins in circulation and people have a need for those coins, then the evaluation of the coin is associated with the need. So, like, the price of Bitcoin goes up. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, as they say. <laughs> um, so, what's what's next on the docket? What's, one, what's the last thing we can talk about before we wrap it up? Um, I don't know, man. Slow week. Oh, we yeah. talking about the, the uh, I don't know. Talking about the, I, I, one day, I, I just want this, this, this new association with, uh, Cello brought this up before we started talking. It's like, about, uh, the new controversy in Bitcoin between Thamos Greg Maxwell and Blockstream and so on and so forth. And we're like, can we talk about that? And we're like, we don't know anything about it, so probably not. Yeah, and we probably as, shouldn't talk about that because we don't as know. A, as Cello was reading the, the um, our sponsors, I started reading an article on Cointelegraph about it. It's front and center. Go to Cointelegraph.com, front and center. Even, even got homeboy with his shitty beard. Famous is uh, bitch made. <laughs> so, 
if you're interested in the new controversy regarding Amos Blockstream, Greg Maxwell, Warren Togami. Yeah. Come on, go to, I, don't know, it's, it's, I just from like me sketching over it, half listening, half reading. Uh, it's pretty sketchy, but we all know that dude's pretty sketchy in the first place. Famous? Famous. Why is he famous. still allowed to do what he does? Is it not hard to get him, get rid of him? Is it he's that the, hard? He seems it's to be the arbiter of, of the forums. Like He's the one that controls the, ma- the major forums associated with Bitcoin. Regardless of whether or not we like him, he's still the one. This feels like a dictatorship. I don't know. Come up with a better, better platform and get people. Like, it doesn't matter whether or not you come up with a better platform. You have to get people to use it, and people don't seem to want to switch to different means of communication. I, mean, I don't really go to Bitcoin Reddit anymore, and I don't. And I don't go to the other one that he that he. It's such a f- habit for me. I'm trying to break that habit and go to other places like Coin Telegraph, our website. Like it's just. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to. To break the habit of going to Reddit, just because I know Thamos is lurking. Is is that his job? Does he just sit around and censorship? Apparently, he's also a developer of some. He's developing another platform. Uh, It's another forum platform called Epoch Talk. And like, why would anyone go to a new platform that he's creating? I don't understand. People already hate the platform that he he monitors and maintains. Why would why would, yeah, why would Stephen Tool were looking at to you too? That. He has yeah. to know that, right? Mm-hmm. He has to know that people hate him. It's it's clearly obvious in the community. They've you know, essentially bifurcated the Reddit Bitcoin into BCT as well or BTC as well, which is just essentially a, a like a conspiracy theory subreddit. So it seems. Mm-hmm. And like, why what would you say about Stephen Tool clearly Joe? hated across? Forums. He's gonna spend his time creating Whoa. another platform for forums. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems it seems retarded to me, but there's there's other controversy involved with this, and I don't know some type of money funding. The way that money has been funded, the amount of money, and how it's being done is real sketchy, and it involves Blockstream. I don't know. I'm not I gonna say anything else because I don't know anything about it. You had a Thamos's bitch made T-shirt to take to that conference you're going to. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. I would be. I would love to like run into him wearing that T-shirt. <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm going to Bitfinity. Uh, yeah, Corey gets to go great... to conferences now. Yeah, which is very I'm cool. Have my my handy dandy uh, like re- personal recorder, so I can record interviews with people that I find. Yeah, man, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Cutting edge news as fast as possible, and get our face out there. <laughs> But we're going to be talking with Ubiquity. Uh, Ubiquity is going to be there, and uh, we've had interviews with them before. We're going to get them on. I'll get to kind of get the first face-to-face talks with people and have you know fun conversations as you know, much more like real setting with people. Get our name out there. Interesting. I'm looking forward to it, man. I think that uh, I think once we get you know spearheaded into conferences and things like that, we'll we'll be able to get access to a lot more guests, a lot higher volume of guests. I'm looking for, I think it's I'll just make up t-shirts. Yep. Yeah. I'll make up t-shirts and say Andreas has been on our show. <laughs> yep. That's all we That's need. Yeah. We, we have the Andreas, Andreas stamp of approval. 
Andres is the Oprah of the Bitcoin community. The Oprah. <laughs> Hello, my name is Richie Cunningham. This is my wife, Oprah. Oprah. Um. Well, I guess we can wrap this up, guys. All right, Corey. A forty-six-year-old man is going to earn me some money tomorrow. Get ready. Good luck with that. Deflated ass muscle balloons. So Vitor, <laughs> I'm going to lose the Vitor fight. I'm talking about Hendo. I'm going to win that fight. You probably will. We might break you. <laughs> That's my hope. One and four. Let's go. <laughs> four and a half. Four and a half and one half. So, hey, how old is Vitor? Is Vitor? How old is he? He's like eighty. Am I betting on two like forty-five-year-old dudes? Oh no, he's still in his thirties. I'm good. So, you want me to wrap? Want me to wrap this up or wrap it up? Wrap it up. Twitter. I'm just excited about winning five bucks. That's all. At the BTC podcast, Shell runs the Twitter. Tweet to him; he'll tweet to you back. We're big on retweets. If you tweet something that's awesome, we'll see it. We'll retweet it, and it'll proliferate, as they say. That's right, your uh, pab. Yeah, pab. And the BitcoinPodcast.com. That's our website. Go to it. Poke around. We have a news tab where you can get news that is actually news. Most of the time, it's not like Reddit forums where it's just like a bunch of bullshit. Um, let me see. What else do we do? We're on the Stitchers. We're on the iTunes. We're on the podcasting stuff. We're everywhere. What's that other one that that we are on? Google Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Yep, we're all over the place. Also, we're partnered with Cointelegraph. Uh, dot com which is a media outlet for Bitcoin, has been for a very long time. And not just Bitcoin, but blockchain technologies as well, um, fintech, all this, all these things that you probably nerd out over. You can find a wealth of reading material over at Cointelegraph.com. They do a good job. you next, Shell. You got to... And, uh, hey, remember you used to do that Tweet Gavin campaign? Well, yeah. guess what? It worked. That's right. We finally got Gavin. He's coming Gavin on the show. Coming on the show. Send us some uh, questions you want us to ask him. Exactly. We want we want to be the voice for you guys. Send us some questions. We'll ask him those questions. You'll get the answers to your questions. Join by joining our Slack. Yeah, on the website. Yeah, if you go to a website and um, you uh, you sign up for Slack, you can come in there, give us questions to ask Gavin, and we'll ask him those questions. Oh, let's see. What else do we do? That's uh, enough. I think that's about it. Yeah, purse. That's the thing. Um, shout out to Zoe Saldana, and uh, I can't remember the other two off the top of my. Oh, Carrie Hilson and Sanai Lathan. Shout out to those ladies once again for holding it down uh, for the crew. And uh, yeah, play.
I laugh every time I hear it. I am rich. In my gentleman's quarters, we sip champagne. Man, you can't eat. Ads are just which consists of Renaissance classics and more everywhere. It's like they're an unavoidable reality to life. <laughs> Make me fry. <laughs> I want to leave Ben against. <laughs> what the fuck are those lyrics? Jeez, they're not even saying English. It's <laughs> Pearl Jam for you. I want to leave biggest. <laughs> I don't even know what he's really saying. On a wizard, on a wheel. On a whale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the last half of the show should just be us doing our best Pearl Jam impressions. I don't know. The last musician you impersonated checked in right. suicidal thoughts. Oh my <laughs> god, that's right. Jeez. What's that's kind of... Well, last I impersonated Kid Cudi and he heard us and then went into rehab. I well, sometimes you gotta get better <laughs> at your impersonations. He was like, "Jesus, do I re- do I really sound like that?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn that. <laughs> uh, gonna take myself into rehab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet you Kid Cudi probably went to rehab on some whack shit though. Like ate, he just ate way too many shrooms on a daily basis, and he's like, I can't take this shit anymore. That's actually dangerous. Never mind. Yeah, they say like taking shrooms more than five times in a year is really, really bad. I just I don't understand why 
people like why would Robin Williams commit suicide after he's been famous for 20 years why not after being a failed comedian for 20 years he just can't take it anymore I think he like, had, why a, is Kid he had like a had a brain Kid Cudi's so that's what I'm thinking because like Kid Cudi's rich he had, he's like seven albums deep it did not matter about how much money you make it matters how fucking socially or like mentally stable you are his rap music just just attests to how mentally unstable he is. Yeah. He talks about a lot of like, I got emotions. Yeah. Like, got nightmares. Almost... Think about death. Yeah. Day and night. Yeah. It's pretty much like every, <laughs> every song he raps about is talking about his emotions. And... Yeah. That's why you have to be like in a mood to listen to Kid Cudi. You can't just vibe out and listen to him talking about having night terrors. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, that's right there. That. I used to listen to a lot of Kid Cudi in college. I guess I was always in the mood. Yeah, he used to be good. Yeah, I think everybody used to listen to a lot of Kid Cudi. Even his like, I guess you'd call them mainstream songs, were still dope. Anyways. I can't believe Lil Wayne is like my age. I feel like I've been listening to him for like my whole life. Why isn't he an old man? Because we have been. Lil Wayne was like our age, wasn't he? He was like a little bit older than us when we were in high school. Yeah, I keep thinking he's like Eminem's age. Because like Marshall Mathers LP came out in middle school and then The Block is Hot came out in middle school, but he's like my age. Yep. And bling bling, which really took over my life. <laughs> God, bling bling. All right, all right, come on, y'all said it. Everybody was like, God, everybody knew the lyrics of that song. Juvenile song, huh? That was a juvenile song or a Hot Boys. Yeah. Uh, damn, bling bling only came out in '99. That was '99. Bling bling came out when the Matrix came out. Really? I remember I didn't 99. see the Matrix. Until it was out for like three months, it had to trickle my way because nobody was really talking about it. And then finally, some I heard somebody say, "Oh my God, the Matrix, the bullets, man!" I was like, "What's talking?" Yeah, about? well, back then movies were in theaters for like seven months. They didn't rush the video so quick. Yeah, trying you to make be that. like, "Oh, the movie's good. Okay, I'll go see it." Trying to make that DVD money. In theaters for like nine months. When did Christmas? When did it become a national holiday for Christmas movies? To Christmas to be like when five or six different movies come out. When did that start happening? Well, like Christmas themed movies. No, no, like just like Christmas seems to be like the release date for big movies. Now I thought it was like Fourth of July, and then now it's Christmas. I guess. That just depends. Summer is usually all the mindless, like big budget movies, and then um, November is like the award season stuff, like where yeah. like Kate Winslet gets raped and she just cries in the trailer. And then movies she like wins that. Awards. Yeah, she wins awards, or like I don't know, someone plays a retarded person. Yeah, 
And then there's this movie coming out about the guy who goes to fight a war with no weapon. Yeah, what is that garbage? If that yeah, was man. a true story, I would be like, fuck that guy. Did you <laughs> you saw that trailer too? I, I was like garbage. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like I'm not going to war with somebody who doesn't have a weapon. I'm not going to give up my ideals just to fight this war. It's like bitch. The real story, of... he just hid in a bunker the whole movie, but they're making it super dramatic. He fucking karate kicked a grenade. Do you remember yeah, I mean, that part? I don't I don't like do that. He's coming in there with like Dennis the Menace with a little slingshot carrying soldiers <laughs> in the saving private Ryan scene. I don't believe it for a second. There's still one more in there. I gotta go get him. Yeah. Yeah. Trash. Trash and a half.